0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a campervan from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky campervans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park.
1: Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, provide banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insight and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app, and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at AcrosstheparkPC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to episode fourteen of Across the Park podcast. Myself, Millsy and Judgy representing the mighty Blues. Terry and Phil are representing the Red Men. Boys, it's good to be back. We are socially distanced back in, well, not the studio, but a remote setup in Doe, Liverpool. The best pizzas in Liverpool feels good to be back. And Judgy, you look a lot better in real life than you do on Zoom, my friends. <laughs>
2: I feel I feel a lot better to be honest. It's, um, as all of our listeners know, we we've had a tough time of getting it right with the, the audio quality. We've tried everything, so it, it's great to be back face-to-face and knowing that when I talk, it should just be heard on the other end as, as my voice <laughs> and not some weird robot that sometimes come across.
1: <laughs> oh, a little bit of normality. And again, Merseyside football fans were back at Anfield for the game against Wolves. We've got a little treat for you. One of our good friends, Kelly, went He's given us a little bit of a segment to talk about it as well, so lots to cover. But, Terry, last week you told me there was a big, big Champions League game and it, it turns out that you, you had to win it. You said you had to win it, and you did. Importance,
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, like a, I think I wanted us to go strong, you know, against At- Atalanta and get it done even earlier. Um, although the IX one wasn't a must win because we obviously still got the Michelin game to come. Um, to my mind, it was you know given the injury problems that we're having and stuff. You, you want it. You, you want games to be as lightly as po- as light as possible and. You know, making sure that we got enough in that in that Ajax game that it didn't go down to our last game of the group where Michelin would want to turn up and you know put one over Liverpool, they'd be bang up for it. So even then, you, you can't take any game in the Champions League lightly. So even though you know I fully expect that we will get the win if we did have to on the last game. It was vitally important for me that we went, you know, the Ajax game, we got the business done, put it to bed, qualified in that group, and now we can sort of coast in that last game now, get players You know, ones who are coming back from injury can give them a run-out. Ones that, you know, are vitally important to this side can get wrapped in a bit of cotton wool. Um, So, absolutely, you know, super important game. And as as, as it happens, we got the business done. Good performance.
0: Yeah, and I think the story of the game for me was the three youth players who who all, Kelleher made this Champions League um, debut. There was... Um, Curtis Jones was playing and Williams had a good game as well. He's come in for some stick recently, hasn't he? Reese uh, Williams,
2: you know, Nico? No, Nico Williams.
0: Nico. So, you know, he's been struggling lately. And, uh, you know, me and Terry have both said, you no, know, we haven't caught the lad out, but we have had to acknowledge that he's been having a tough time. We had no one to play right back. Milner's injured. Trent was injured at the time. Williams had to play, didn't he? And before I talk about anything else with the game, I just want to give him the, 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 his due credit he had a good game he put a great ball in for the goal um, the keeper he didn't have much to do but he filled you know he filled us with confidence there was no errors and he pulled out a great save didn't he at the end from um, oh, who's was the striker that they've had for ages the number nine old school Dutch oh, um, top top player <laughs> who called us out there yeah, not Davey e. nah. Glasson <laughs> it'll come to us but no great save from him at I the know, end yeah, yeah. and obviously and Jones got his goal which was Tricky because I don't think he was expecting it to drop over the keeper. You don't know whether the keeper's going to catch that until the last second. Then it was an awkward angle and you've got to adjust. But it wasn't just the fact that he scored his goal. He had a good game. He's starting to really look the part. And um, yeah, I think the story of the game for me was the three youth players. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree. You know,
3: you've named a few there. I think, I think I'll come on to cases. But I think you know. The, Nico Williams won, as you say, he deserves credit because he has, he has bounced back and by all accounts Klopp basically and him had a sit-down you know, before the game oh, that yeah. came out that he basically said you're not playing in the same way and with the same confidence that when we first give you a go in the team. Um, so I think good man management from that perspective that he's given another shot and basically put his arm around him because he took him off for half-time in the game before and replaced him yeah. with Milner. Um, so you know, that, that's what you want to see and he, he's obviously brought his level back up. And...
0: Well that's what we said last week, we said that he wasn't playing to the same level so Klopp's obviously just said to him, give him that boost, get back to what you were doing when we first gave you your chance. And I think he did show that he was getting forward. And he, he doesn't seem to be hesitating to put balls in now. Whereas before, he was starting to turn backwards and play it back down the line. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The, yeah. Thing, the thing is,
2: when he first, <coughs> first came on the scene, I, I said to you all, all he is, he's, he's a winger who's been converted into a fullback, mm. And I think if you lose your identity completely, uh, and he, he was obviously suffering from a, a lack of confidence, if he starts to just focus too much on the defensive side of his game and not allow his attacking talents to, to come out, then he is going to struggle. I think maybe he has lost his identity a little yeah. bit. You know, when he's, he's been called out a little bit for his defender, and maybe he's been thinking, I don't want to get forward then because I don't want to get caught out or, or whatever it is. So Go I think, man like you say, he, I, th- I think maybe that chat has just been listen, I brought you into a team for this reason. I know what you like as a player, I know what you're good at. And I also know what you're maybe not so good at. Forget about that. Just focus on the positives. And, and obviously one of the positives on his game is is the attacking side. And he yeah. set the goal up, which, yeah. which was a massive, massive yeah. goal for
3: us. And then on, on the other one that you mentioned there, like, you know, Kelleher. I think... <laughs> Huntelaar, by the way. Huntelaar, of course. I think for, for Kelleher, it's, you know, it's, it's a massive vote of confidence, isn't it? Because Adrian's been the number two. Yeah. But he's caused us problems. And part of the problem, with it, if you're going to be a Liverpool goalkeeper, is you're not going to have a lot to do for a large part of the game. You've got to be good with your feet mm. because you basically you play as almost like a sweeper with Alisson. We rely on him so often so yeah. so often to give us an option at the back. And I think Adrian's shown that he, he you know an inability with his feet and that's why Kelleher's came into that team, you know, because yeah. he he just looks well more comfortable comfortable and confident and it was actually in in the commentary left from last night. I think they, they mentioned he used to actually play as an outfield player. Yeah. So
0: a striker, no less, I think,
3: yeah, so he's obviously you know comfortable with the ball at his feet more so than than you
0: know. I noticed that I was keeping my eye on that, and when he was getting closed down, he was, he wasn't rushing his clearance, but he wasn't like playing about with it or not, and he was just confidently just. Doing his business and yeah. he seemed dead comfortable. I was dead confident with him. And it's that difference, isn't it? Because Adrian, you find that sometimes. I think
3: he almost tries to look too casual, like I'm, I'm, I'm calm, I'm not flat, and yeah. I've got the ball at my feet. And then he just takes too long. It's like his brain turns off. Exactly. And then all of a sudden the player's on him and he's like, you know, yeah. his ass is gone. So yeah. I think, you know, as you say, the, the young players we're, were the talk of the, the game, really. And it was really good to see that, you know, when they're getting given opportunities, to are coming into this team now and they're not, they're not letting the side down. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're, they're stepping up and, and raising their level. Which bodes well for the future, but it also bodes well that like when we're struggling now, you know, with injuries and stuff, yep. you you know, that next crop of kids coming through.
2: The thing, the thing, you know, it reminds me of at the moment. I hate to say it, when United were bringing their players through in the nineties, even when they weren't great players, they look good in their team because it's just the system, isn't it? It's, it, all the players in the system are so comfortable, and everyone, you know, from the, the it seems the 18s to the 23s, the first team knows their role in that type of system and what's expected of the manager. Yeah. When that's in place, I just think it's so easy, isn't it, to bring it's young easier for the in. lads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me,
0: a feature of the last two games that Henderson started both, um, and you know, what better player to have in the team to help them along? You know, whether it be Williams or Jones.
3: No, absolutely. You know, and we, he has been a big miss while he's been out. You know, we've said that, haven't we? And, and, and that's where I think partly the system has it still needs someone with that you know leadership to to keep it together and I think there's been times this season where when Henderson isn't on the pitch you do see some of the gaps and some of the slackness introduced into the system and stuff and I think it's it's important that he's on there as like a you know, a disciplinarian and keeping even, everyone even focused a conf- on their confidence game. confidence
0: booster, we talk about them in terms of like dishing out Balkans on the pitch and that. Yeah. But I've heard, you know, in in, the, in when we've been able to hear the commentary, really, really big enough players with good tackles and good touches and things like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's that side of it too, isn't there especially with Williams.
3: Yeah, there is. But no, you know, the young the youngsters were the talk, but it was it was it was rightly important. We got all three points, you know, we're through that group now. we it, Becomes now, you know, do you finish top or do you finish second? I think there's still potential where, I'm not yeah, sure whether... I don't that,
0: know, you know, I think we may it top. Where I think, top. I no. think maybe it is, yeah, but you have to see whether that works out for the best. Anyway, exactly, we got exactly. Atletico Madrid, didn't we? Yeah, Last exactly. So, you know. be
2: Before you do move on, I just want to mention something to Millsy, and I think, I think you watched the full game, did you? Or You only watched bits of it. The Ajax game? Yeah. I was really impressed with TV Classen. Not you know, like not really impressed as in he was a standout player for them. I just thought one thing I said to you and I said to the Evertonians you could see that they built a system around him do you know what I mean not necessarily him but he fits into their, Mm. their their team and and I, I just thought, I thought it was worth mentioning for the for
1: the um, for the Evertonians. Legs,
0: I thought he looked. He, he didn't make a massive impact, but I thought he looked a good player as well. He I mean,
1: we yeah, didn't, we didn't help Classen, did it, because he played next to Schneider and Sigurdsson, and things. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I Mooney. said he
2: was surrounded by pace and, and athleticism and physicality, and he knitted a lot of those players together. Do you know what I mean? And I, I just thought it was worth noting for the Evertonians who, who obviously don't have great. Uh, memories of his time and everything that I, think, I think he is a good player but you do need to have a system that, yeah. that suits him because he's not the most gifted athletically not dead pacey is he
0: but he, he, he got a lot of chances that not, you know yeah. half chances against you well, he using. shoots early doesn't he yeah. if he gets half a chance he lets yeah. go he doesn't hold on to it because as you say he hasn't got the uh, the attributes but just before we move on as well I just wanted to mention the number three Shale I think his name is Shale
3: sure, yeah. you are loving him mate. man he
0: did not get yeah. in and out of him in, two, in both legs he's going to be a top top player well, I think grabbing long back long as well
2: grabbing yeah. back to another man I think I actually think Klopp would be interested yeah. in him because he he, he had a, a bit of wine album about him he, he had that good turn of pace he was really comfortable receiving it very athletic yeah. he, he presses well off the ball I, I think there'll be a, a few clubs interested in him but
0: it's amazing how Ajax can get the team ripped apart every time they do well and then just another crop comes through in it Yeah, yeah.
3: but that, that just speaks to a really really sort of you know diligent and, and applied philosophy right the way through like yeah, you were saying before Judgy, all the different teams you know what I mean and, and they can keep bringing these crops of kids in and yeah. they've got a, they've had a reputation for a boss academy for generations haven't they so mm, yeah. you know they just keep turning the handle and cranking them out and yeah. it's, a, it's a, it, they've made a decision as a business model to basically you know that's what they're going to do yeah. um, and it, it works for them as suppose, to keep them in you know,
0: but at this level, though, in the Champions League, you can do nothing but respect it, can you? Yeah,
3: no, absolutely.
2: Particularly when the you know the season last season wasn't it? They got to the they got to the semi. Oh, yeah, last season before last season, season before, before last, last year, semi against Tottenham, yeah. and if it weren't for a ridiculous hat trick in the second oh, yeah, half, it wasn't in the final yeah. against you. So yeah. it's not like they're just turning up, ripping the team apart, and and not doing anything with it. They are, no. they are successful with it as well. So yeah, fair play to them.
1: Okay, we're gonna hear more from Teddy and Phil later when they review the. Wolverhampton game and preview the Midland and Fulham games. Um but before we do move on to us, Judge, a quick mention to our sponsors, Camper Kings, fantastic fleet of camper fans to hire. They take you to the highways, not the skyways, Phil. Did I get that right? You did.
0: I've been to the highways in one,
1: and, and it's really and, good fun. And the skyways. I'll <laughs> get over there to camperkings.co.uk. Check our sponsors out. Really great, guys. Judgy, before we do move on to um, the Everton game, me and you last week done a fantastic across-the-park extra with the man, Super Kevin Campbell. I think we're still smiling now, aren't we? Yeah,
2: I am. Particularly because he was calling me Judgy throughout. <laughs> Just made me feel like Kevin Campbell's one of my mates.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> what I always dreamed about. It was only an hour. Well, an hour five minutes. But for me, it was one of our favourite ones. There's lots of exclusive content in there. And he even sung a song at the end, didn't he? We tried to sign off with a little song and he joined in.
2: You were, yeah. And, and you know, I think that was a sign of how relaxed he was at the end of it. I mean, I credited you when one of, the listen, one of our listeners messaged in you know, commenting how, how, how professional the podcast was but what, what our listeners probably don't realise Millsy puts a lot of work in with, with the research and he does so to try and help us get some of the scoops and, and ask some of the questions that maybe other podcasts haven't but at the same time it seemed like we managed to make him feel really comfortable yeah. in, in our presence and as you say that, that, that was summed up by him getting involved with the uh,
1: the song at the end,
2: making us finish Boss. the song So <laughs> excited! Yeah.
1: Explicit song as well, so anyone yeah. who's listening with with young children want to go and listen, you just be mindful that. At the end, there's an explicit bit of contact, but Phil, see what happens when you call Judge, you're nice looking, what you get back in return. Nice. It's going to be a nice well, podcast, it. This, isn't it? <laughs> uh, let's move on to, to the game. Um, at the weekend, Burnley won, Everton won. For me, the game was frustrating. Uh, we played mm. a lot better, for me, in a 4-3-3. But I just feel now I've got this feeling where Seven wins out of seven, we were flying. We sing the spirit of the blues. We were knocking Miley Cyrus off off the, <laughs> top of the charts, and it was just such a good feeling. I think that's gone a little bit, and I think Saturday was such a big chance to, I don't know, not let that feeling continue. i let that we've let it continue. Yeah,
2: look, like you say, I can't disagree that it was frustrating whilst the game was on, and not least because of the fact that it looked as though, by all accounts, we had another gear, and, and because it kicked on, particularly after. I mean, half-time came at the wrong time for us, didn't it? I know that's yeah. a mad thing to say because it's at the same time in every game. But we had a
1: corner, didn't we? We were yeah. going to take a corner. When, when you score
2: so late in the first <laughs> half and you, and you start to, to get a bit of a head of steam, you want that to continue. And, and half-time definitely came at the right time for them and, mm. and it allowed them to, to kind of take stock again and, and, and to just get a bit more organised and readjust to our change of formation, which was a forced one, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But yeah, I, I, it was frustrating to, to want to, to, to not get the three points too to not have that again that degree of fluency that we found mm. in the first seven games, particularly in, in the attacking third. Um and, and that's the thing that I think is most disappointing. I have said and I'll continue to say throughout throughout this season, I think that I don't think we're gonna quite get that stability and balance that Ancelotti's looking for in this season. Mm. We might we might in the odd game, but I think it's a it's a it's a working project. And again we'll come back to that when we've got questions later. But it's the it's the most disappointing thing is is we didn't quite quite, quite sorry <laughs> create the chances that that we have done in mm. recent you know it's in true. recent weeks we haven't looked as fluid in our final phase, and it, it, it it's almost a case of recently all right let's get it up to the front three and see what happens because they are all good enough to do something mm. um We certainly look a lot better in, in wise areas over the last couple of weeks though and and, and that surprised me because Luca Dean's delivery is a big feature of our play. But Credit to Alex Wobie. although he, he does have his, his moments still of, of putting a bit of a stinking ball in, he's improved for me in, in that mm. wide area and credit to
1: the fact that he you know we got put into right back at the weekends and I, I don't think he looked too uncomfortable. James Rodriguez always, always seems to be comfortable giving it to Iwobi. and, and that, that's that's a, that's a level of trust that I'm surprised he's got.
2: Yeah, he, he's, he's he's always part of the front four, isn't he? Now, like he he, he joins in regularly, but like you say, he's trusted with the ball and, and that that speaks volumes for me because. You know, players spend a lot of time on the training grounds, a lot more time on the training ground than they do in mm. match situations. And you, you, you're right. I think I think you can tell the players that the other players trust by often they try and give them the ball. Um, and and, and is growing. He's growing mm. into his role within the side. And I think the trust from Ancelotti will have helped that. Um,
1: mm. But yeah, you know, but back to the game in general. Obviously,. Can I just must- say, you, before you Go say on. the game, uh, the lineup? Now, me and you put our lineups on Instagram, which is at Across the Park PC. Yeah. We both went forward the back. Yeah. Um, so that's us knowing that three, three the back isn't really working. Yeah. I think you look on social media, and a lot of fans weren't really happy with the lineup. Rightly or wrongly, it's not working. Why do you think he's persistent with three at the back? Is he is he just not? Is he just trying to you know he said, stop the rot of goals coming in? Or
2: no, he said it a few times, hasn't he? He just keeps mentioning Luka Dean and Seamus Coleman, saying we're missing them too. And, and for me, it, it, you know, he's he's a loser too in the press conferences. He hasn't got faith in anyone else taking up them positions as an out and out fullback. Mm. He's also said that you know we've got an, an abundance of good centre backs, which you know I suppose relative to the fullback positions, you, you couldn't really argue with that. Um, you know, Holgate, Godfrey, Mina, Keane, compared to John Joe Kenny and Kunku. Who else have we got who's a natural fullback? So you can't argue with that. Mm. I think you're he, trying to make use of a squad. And I, I've said before, it, it, it's disappointing when you see a manager who's trying to shoehorn players into positions just to fit into a system. He hasn't done that. Mm. He's changed the system to suit the personnel. But like you said, and, and most Evertonians are saying now, it doesn't look right, does no it? Does. It's not working. I said in the last podcast that it seems to look like. A 3-4-3 three, 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 four, three, four, three most of the time, or, or a or a five, two, a five, two, three. It you know, changes five, all three, the time, two. doesn't it? The one thing for me that we, we found on Saturday when we changed, because we, we'll move on to that, is that we just it wasn't it wasn't the back players at the back. So you think when it when it's a you know when you're playing three at the back or five at the back compared to four. Most people think, oh, it'll be an issue with his defending in the in the final thirds or in mm. our own thirds. I think it's that it's the middle of the pitch that isn't right. Instantly, when we went to that four three three at the weekends, th- th- we had we, we were we it's were more changed, balanced. Yeah. yeah, we were pre. Their their midfielders weren't having time on the ball to 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 spray the ball about to to hit the ball early, maybe to up to Chris Woods. Um, in the wide areas, we defend better. We just closed the spaces in the pitch, you know, better. And I think it's just the fact that the players were, were, were familiar with that system. Do you know look good in that? To he had his best game for me. Very good. Uh, we, we had a. We had a. Uh, I might sort of well mention it now because it was after the last episode and it was kind of related to the last game. It was one of um, one of the lads who goes to match Sean Pew, who, who messaged in and he criticised the Corey. I didn't agree with him on, on, on that occasion. I felt as though um he was basically saying that Tacore was caught out wide too much and not in the middle of the pitch. I felt it was just because of the fact that he, he had to. He was going to defend the areas that we that we were weakest in. But I, I agree. I think he was let off the leash a little bit, wasn't yeah, he? he? Was. By the fact that we had Gomez and, and Allen in there and, and you could see his athleticism coming out a lot more. Mm. And and again, I think he is one of the players who will benefit from that. But for me, and I said it on, on the last podcast, I, I think what Ancelotti's trying to do is free up that front three as much as possible. And I don't think he quite appreciated that the 433 was going to allow them to be more free than the 3 5
1: 2. So you mentioned there Andre Gomez. Now we got a message on Twitter from Simsy. Gareth, thanks for the message. Um, he thinks Andre Gomez is gone unnoticed, probably on the feedback of the game in the post match. Um, he looked determined, he looked fit and he has to start against Chelsea. We'll talk Chelsea a bit later on, but what did you make Andre Gomez and Saturday?
2: Well, the key word is determined. I, th- I thought he did look determined. I said I said a couple of weeks ago, I think I think both him and Sigurdsson would have been disappointed that they'd been removed from the team, and it was a real kind of dig in their direction to say, yeah. well, I'm, I'm now going to change system because I don't trust the either of you <laughs> to do what I need you to do in the middle of the pitch. But he come on and he did look determined. He looked determined to show that he can give us something different, and mm. I thought his range of passing was back to his best. I was... I was watching it with my dad in it. I was laughing at times because Keown and, it it yeah, yeah. and the other commentator were talking about Gomez as though he does that every week. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, this is what you get with Andre Gomez. I felt like saying, well, no, it's not. Yeah, if it so was what we got with Andre yeah. Gomez, he'd be playing every week. But like you say, to be positive about it, he did look determined. He, he looked fit. He looked fresh. He looked sharp. Um, I, think he, I think he almost got sent off at one point as well um, yeah. for the. Well, it would have been harsh, but, but yeah, it was. Um, but like, like I say, it was good to see that, and I, we will come on to the Chelsea game later. But to, to kind of give it give an early indication as to my thoughts, I think he'd be shoo-in for the Chelsea game mm.
1: because that midfield unit as a whole looked a lot stronger with him in it. Do you want a second half? What you put it down to? The fact that we had so much possession for about 25, 30 minutes of the second half, where. We went out to Burnley's half, and mm. there's lots of movement and stuff, but there's just no end product, and that's I'm talking end product with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the top goalscorer, scorer, Richarlison, and James Rodriguez on the pitch. What was it on Saturday? They play was very Burnley, deep, Burnley. They play
2: very deep, and they're very organised, Burnley. And that's what I said about half time coming at the wrong time for us. Mm. They were still setting up to defend against our whatever, whatever we call it, three-five-two, five-three-two. And that changed the system in the middle of the half completely through them. Um, And we looked like we were overloading them in different areas. They were still playing a bit of a mid-block. When we went to the forty-three and half-time, he clearly said, look, let's drop back 10, 15 yards because the big danger is now is they'll get behind us Mm -hmm. now that they've got three playing up top a a lot higher. They did that, and, and we found it hard because we've got a Wobie on one side. All of our stuff was coming down the, at the right side, was, yeah. we had nothing down the left. Credit to Godfrey, though, to be fair. Yeah, um, he has an excellent offensive yeah. performance at left back. You know, if you when you put a left back who's right, sorry, a center back who's right footed left back, you're thinking, Oh, god, mm. it's going to happen here, but. The lad was outstanding. I mean, he got given man of the match. He grew um, into it
1: as well. He was overlapping in the second half then, wasn't yeah. he? And trying to get...
2: but, but there was still that distinct lack of quality, wasn't yeah. it, on that side of the pitch. The only time we had any joy was when Richarlison managed to get 1v1 against their, their fullback. Yeah, back yeah, right. To answer your question, I think that's the consequence almost of having to change to a system that the manager hasn't prepared for... And at the opposition, have got the chance to, to just organise themselves against. I think that was the main symptom of, of, of us not getting the chances that we thought we'd get. Is, is, is there an element? Because I obviously watched your game and I saw
3: sort of when you've made that change, and, and as you say, you got a lot of the ball and stuff, and Burnley were tough to break down, but it almost felt like you had gone into that sort of same system that Liverpool played for a long time, which is four three three with like wide forwards as opposed to out and out wingers. And then if teams are not giving you that space for them to run in behind, which is Richarlison's 40, isn't it? Mm. That's what he does. Mm. If that space isn't there, then you're asking for creativity through the middle. But then with it, Alan, Decore, and, and, and Gomez, is that is it one of them situations where if, if you know if, if Richarlison isn't on fire or sprung into life because he hasn't scored now for a few games, has he? I mean, He'll he's scored in four games now. And he, I know we got the assist there, but you know he hasn't scored. And even Hammers, some of his. He hasn't, I don't know what the last time he scored for years was or whatever, but there's been Probably a few games five, where... Six games so yeah. if they're not scoring or providing goals and attacking threat in the same way that yeah. they normally do, you're asking for something through the middle and it just it not there. All well, so the
0: way we do it, Teddy, is if you put too much focus on Mane and Salah, Robertson and Trentill, yeah? Well, that's, they what they have for that's, that's,
2: exactly, that's what I was going to say exactly and, yeah. and that's why I, I really do think that Ancelotti has, has put a lot of emphasis on, that, on them full-back areas to take the slack yeah. off the forward players and I think it has... In his eyes, has a massive impact on how effective we can be as an attacking unit without fullbacks, mm. which is why he's tried to put those wing backs in to still give us that attack. So, yeah. what what you'll say about what you could, you've got to say about Ancelotti from what we know about him now, compared to maybe what the perceived view of him is—he's an attacking coach. He likes yeah. to build his teams up. To win games by attacking, um, it, the stats at Napoli showed that. To be fair, as AC Milan team, when he built his team, was about the attacking flair, the Kakas and the yep. Perlos and the Sados. They're not all renowned to be defensive players. So, I think that's that's the the big feature, I suppose, of, of his style as a manager. He wants to go and outscore the opposition as opposed to building it from the back. But for whatever reason, and I'm, again, we're not we're not a Says it last week when we're on a podcast, we're trying to recreate Monday Night Football here to tactically analyse everything. I just think, like we all Evertonians, can recognise the balance just isn't quite right. But like you say, we did strike a better balance with the forty-three. Yeah, did, it's yeah. just, it's just now it is it really in the manager's court now, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, is he going to go? Okay, well I'm going to have to leave two centre backs out of the squads who, you know, could maybe be playing on the balance of the team just to prefer, you know, to try and make it work now. One thing I'm going to ask you about, I think everyone's asking the same
1: question, what is, has what is Niels Kunku's done to not even be on the bench? He, he mustn't be performing Monday to Friday yeah. in training because he played at Newcastle, didn't he? He played Kenny and then Kunku at Newcastle, mm. and that was our worst performance of the season. Yeah, we true. haven't seen either since. Yeah. So I think he's just looked at those two and thought, there's no way I can throw you in at any point again, unless I absolutely have to. And whilst Fabian Zelf is there, which he's not now, he's been injured, and Ben Godfrey's there, I don't think he'll see him. I think it's going to have to take... Christmas, where we've got two games of 48 hours. I think he might see him in one of those games, but I don't know. I just It must be something in relation to Monday to Friday. I think farming family mustn't be doing it. We had Luke Garbutt on the podcast a while back, and I asked him a question. Why did um, play over it, play ahead of you? And he said, quite interestingly, what us fans don't see sometimes. In training, I was having a shocker the week leading up to a game. I was told by Allardyce I was playing, I was having a shocker, and Walcott was ripping me every single day in training. So maybe that's happening. Maybe Hamas Rodriguez is teaching you now in Kunku a lesson every day. But mm-hmm. I think he probably does deserve a chance if only for the balance now.
2: Yeah, that, and that's it. And now that Delph is, is injured, because that looks like him for a few months, do not it? It looks like he's finished, to be honest. He looks like a player now who... His muscles just aren't. He's got yeah. too many miles in the clock. Broken, he's broken. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, so that that gives him another another problem, and and maybe just forces him into to putting the, putting the lads at least on the bench. But it's an interesting one. I mean, I suppose the the, the other side of it, Ben Godfrey has done well at the weekend. Yeah. and he's, he's done well certainly defensively, and um, with us playing Chelsea, who are going to give us problems in them wide areas. Mm. It's almost a shoe in that Ben he will play because he's yeah. shown that he can defend one v one really well mm. in, in wide positions, but. Just to just to kind of wrap it off, with you. Terry made a made a point then about the you know us lacking and Phil added to it lacking a threat, you know when when the uh, the opposition deals with the front three. One of the solutions it seems Ancelotti kind of looked to towards the end was gilfie Sigurdsson. He come on, um, you know, James, who again it seems to be getting a, a bit of bit of slack from some portions of the the Everton Everton uh, faithful he's threaded the ball a ridiculous pass through the middle of the, middle of the Burnley defence and... I'm a sitting here with three points to that move yeah that's him. it if he scores it, it, you know the, the commentators were quite generous they were saying he sorts his feet out
1: really well and he's done everything he can there but he, he needs to be scoring there doesn't he? I think so I mean look I, I've got no time it sounds harsh for Gylfi Sigurds and he's gone completely Morgan Schneider and route for me now mm. I don't think we can be, I'll rely on him at all um, so even seeing him come on on Saturday I was thinking God and I, I wanted to ask you really um Moisa Keane scored again for PSG. I, I think we must have had something lined up and it's it's fell through in deadlines. Day. We will link to put Josh King from Bournemouth. Maybe that was it. But why why are we... Well, have you got a question, Phil? Yeah, you? Sorry. Well,
0: it sort of it relates. This, this one's from um, 1999 Kane, um, who emailed the website. He said, Yannick Balassie should be in our squad. Games like Bailey and Newcastle, he comes on for 15 minutes and makes a difference. He's not good enough to make a difference in the derby or big games. I concur. But squads should have options and he provides one we don't have. You're talking about... Keen, letting him go—it's the same sort of
1: theme, isn't it? If, if Blasi came on on Saturday, I felt more confident again and so on. And that sounds strange because I haven't seen Blasi for three years. And when I did last season I wasn't a fan of him. I didn't, I didn't think he was good enough. But I think there's something in that. I think when you're playing Newcastle and Burnley, can Blasi give you ten minutes at the end? I think he probably can.
2: Yeah, it's just that degree of unpredictability, isn't it? Like we said, like I said before, Burnley knew how to set up in that second half to try and stifle us. That was their game plan. The second half is to keep it tight, look for a set piece and maybe try and nick it that way. Bringing someone like a Balassi or for me, Andy Gordon, off the bench, You yeah. will go and commit players and go and beat them. That's what you need against the deep block, is, is to go and take a man out the game. That's, that instantly disorganises the opposition and, mm. and makes it more difficult for them. So w- whether I agree with the Balassi comments or not is kind of irrelevant. I think you do need some more options on the bench that are going to give the
1: opposition something to think about. It feels like every transfer window we go into it now we need three or four in every window. I'm looking now we need we need. I've said for a while we need a central midfield player who can hurt the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the signing of Gilfie Sigurdsson was meant to give us that the class. A Madison is it? Someone to, like a yeah, Madison. If you can get something like that, that's got to be addressed. But now with Moise Kean leaving, we now need back up to the front three because look at the look at the, how much a hate is having with Charleston now for three games. We, oh, we God. Were hurt so badly. There's no sort of backup. He doesn't trust Gordon. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going in. To January again, needing three or four, aren't we? It doesn't bear thinking about if one of those front three
2: gets injured. It really doesn't. But
1: Phil, we yeah. got hammered, didn't we? On the on the social media, lots of um, frustrated Evertonians like me and Judgy.
0: Yeah, and it seems like it's the hope that that's killed you because obviously the great start and everyone was made up and top of the league for a good while and that. So the, the sense of feeling that I'm getting from the, from the Everton supporters who are messaging in is that they're deflated, they're confused, they don't know what's going on, they don't know where to point blame. Hammers is getting accused of being a little bit luxury. Um, the manager's getting accused of getting his tactics wrong a little bit. So, and there's, players, there's people messaging just saying, what's gone wrong? Is it the tactics? Is it the confidence? A lot of people alluding to work rate as well, saying you're looking at Leicester, looking at different teams in the league and how hard they work, and we're not seeing it from Everton. But I don't know if people are just sort of like clutching at straws for reasons to um, you know, to, explain, to explain the issues that's going on.
2: I, I, I'm not going to go back to the work rate one again. I, I, I'm not having it for me. I'm not, I, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, fitness to, to, George, to some degree with certain players, maybe, but there again, must be a visual. A symptom of the system there must though. be at
0: least a visual. It going is, though, on. as yeah. I said, that it's yeah. a, a
2: symptom of the system because if, you, if, you, if the way you've set up makes you an imbalanced and it means that you're not close enough to the ball when you should be, it looks like players aren't working hard enough and getting in players' faces. But if you're organised well and you're locking on to players regularly when the other team's in possession, it looks like you're pressing hard and whatever. It's just being organised. I don't look at any individual player. And I asked Millsy the question uh, last, last week. week yeah. name, name one player that's not working hard. You're struggling to look and go, yeah, he's not working hard. It's not It's not yeah. the case. But on your other points, I think all I'd say,
1: and it's almost urgent, the Evertonians, just just have a bit of, have a little patience. <laughs> I think what you said last week is spot on and it applies to this week. If you look at the teams that, that have been mentioned, Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, well-drilled formations that have been in place for a while now. Every mm. player knows their role. You can't say that with those kind can you? The players don't know the role because the formations are changing week by week.
2: Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and I think it, we, we can all clutch as to what we think the reason is. I'm clutching here. You know, we're not, none, of us are, mm. none of us are Carlo Ancelotti. And and, and and that's the, the other thing. Look, we, we we've said it. Time and time again, and, and and all Evertonians should be saying it. We've got a world-class manager. We've got to trust him. Yeah, um, it's not it's not the time to be considering the the Silvers and the Kermans and and the Alizais because he's not them. Um, and and you know we've also got an owner who, who's willing to back him as well. So he, he is going to need time. He's going to need a few windows. I mean, I, I seen a, a graphic today or some stats today showing about showing the start the Klopp ads after the same amount of games and. Carlo Ancelotti's win percentage is higher than his. Yeah. Klopp arguably and Heres is a better squad than Ancelotti is. Yeah. This isn't about saying that we're going to be going the same direction that Liverpool, you know, are going to end up winning the league and Champions League and all that. It's just saying that, you know, Klopp was under a little bit of pressure as yeah. well early on on his his tenure, and there was there was criticisms of the way they were defending, they were lacking balance. It's all features of a manager changing a system, getting to know his players, getting to know which players can do what. Yeah. So we have got to be patient and, and, and we've also got to just appreciate that it's not gonna happen overnight and there is gonna be more
1: performances like Saturday, unfortunately, than than no. I think that's probably a good place to leave the Everton bit. it's hard to look at the bigger picture sometimes when we're so close, you know, especially the game by game, the way it's going. But hopefully Evertonians that gives you a little bit of food for thought. If you agree or disagree, get on the Twitter at Across the Park PC and let us know. One of our friends on Twitter at Kerley LFC big Liverpool fan and he was one of the successful Liverpool Liverpool fans who, who got in the ballot. He was back at Anfield in the cop and, and Terry, you spoke to him yesterday didn't you?
3: I did, yeah. You know, just got an opportunity to give, give him a quick call after the game um, when he got back to car, um, which we did thankfully get a little recording of. So, you know, we it, it was good to just sort of get a you know an actual fans view from what it was like inside the ground, you know, on the cop, um what was the organisation, how did it work and, and you know, just get get his views. So Going to drop that in, aren't we? Yeah, enjoy. Hello, so you've got Teddy here, joined by special guest Paul Taylor, friends of the show, um, who's obviously just attended the game there, Liverpool against Wolves, a comfortable 4-0 win. First and foremost, Paul, happy with what you're seeing today from the team?
4: Yeah, yeah, no, it's spot on. Uh, just glad to, to get back in there and uh, obviously support this, this team that we've got. It's just a pleasure to watch them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it it it's really top work, you know, obviously with all of the injuries that we're having and stuff, to just be able to just go and dismantle that wolves side there, you know, four 0 and cruise control back at the top of the league, so you know, really good to see. But you know, as you say, there, are just nice to get back in. Obviously, you're, you you a bit of a historic moment, really. One of the first fans back into Anfield after what's been a you know a really sort of strange situation of 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 lockouts and lockdown. Um, how was it for you? You know, was it, how, how important was it that you got a ticket um, and and in the ballot, and and how was the experience? You know, what was the atmosphere like at the ground tonight?
4: Yeah, to be honest, I know, it probably wasn't about being the first in there. You know, I think obviously as it all unfolds, everyone's going to get a turn. The way the way it looks, um, you know, just you just want to get in there and as I say, support this team. But yeah, getting to the grounds, it was like these queues are absolutely massive. But to be fair, it kept moving um all fairly well set up um uh, and and you're straight in like so yeah it was a uh, no issues outside the grounds. it made me laugh because usually you walk past the cop and you were uh, people shouting for any spare tickets but today it was people shouting if you filled in the, the health declaration form online so <laughs> it was a uh, it was a bit of a change yeah surreal moment yeah, yeah, but no, as I say, yeah, getting any, you're a bit torn to that at first because the queues are quite big. But I do wonder, sort of, hopefully, if they do increase the numbers in the grounds, how it would work. But I suppose with, with what, 1,500 to 2,000 in there, you know, it, it did work well, to be fair, so.
3: Yeah, because it was two thousand tickets, wasn't it? Five hundred within the hospitality in, in the main stand, and fifteen hundred within the cop, weren't they? Um, which was, I think, it was a change that wasn't it? Because originally they were all meant to be in the main stand, but I think obviously Liverpool have thought if they're not in the cop, they're not going to get on, on onto the TV. And so, what what was the atmosphere like? Was the was the much? I mean, you could hear it on the on the telly. It sounded sounded like the fans were in good voices, to be honest. Was it was there plenty of singing going on? And did it feel like you know a nice a nice
4: atmosphere to be part of? It's, it's unfair. Obviously, it was good being back just hearing the, the banter amongst you know the, the fans, let alone any of the singing. But, you know, it, they were in good voice. And then sort of when it died down, it felt like, you know, it was quite quiet. You could hear the players. It was quite surreal in terms of one minute you everyone's full pelt and you feel like you're in a full stand the next minute uh, and the players obviously shouting on the pitch so yeah no it, it is what it is but it's you know it's better than what we've had so yeah absolutely I and mean, it's an important first step isn't it it is one of them we've all been itching to get
3: back to the game and and you know it's important that you know the fans have started to go back to games and as long as it's all done you know come like properly and and, and follow the rules you can maybe see that that'll probably start to expand and hopefully it won't be too long before we're talking 10 15 20 and maybe even upwards of that back in the, you know, 20,000 back in the ground. So, you know, re- 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 really important to see, you know, fans back in, in, in the ground and, you know, nice, to, nice that one of our mates managed to get in, you know, and get, get a ticket for it and, and, and get to sample it. So I oh, think right. it'll, be, it'll be one of them now, you know, you'll get more and more going in the ballots because I still think there probably wasn't as many went in the ballots, you know, as, as, as probably could have done. Um, I think pe- people may be hedging the bets a little bit, aren't they? Thinking about other games that might be coming up or whatever, but, yeah, no, but... no it's,
4: it's one of them. I think obviously you can't really pick and choose at the moment, and you don't know when it's all gonna, you know, sort of end. And, and things are gonna, you know, when will we get more fans? Will we go back to having no fans? You just don't know. So, I just advise anyone just to sort of try and take whatever game you can, just keep going for it and try and get in there. Because it's I've come out like being on cloud nine, do you know what I mean? Just, just yeah, there, so but yeah, just
3: getting that getting that familiar feeling again, isn't it, from going the game and, and, and as you say, it's it's important I suppose for the players and this you know, this as you say, this Liverpool team, despite all the injuries and the problems we're having, they're still putting the points on the board. And it's good that some fans have been in there and been able to just give them, you know, a little bit of a a bit of appreciation there. and, you, and to be fair, you've returned the favour, haven't you? 4 0 win against Wolves, <laughs> nice one to go back to.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, you guys will uh, talk about the game a bit further. But some of them players who've, who've stood in, you know, you, you could talk about them all night. They, they've really come up trumps, and obviously, we are where we are now with, with this injury list. So, but yeah, onwards and upwards,
3: boss. No, we really appreciate you joining us there, Paul, tonight, and just you know, giving us a little flavour of what it was like inside the grounds. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you we'll speak to you soon.
4: Yeah, no appreciate it. Take it
3: easy. Nice one, mate. Bye now. that
0: just to add to that, we had another message in from Ray. I just want to read that out. He said, Hi to you all. I'm back home from the match and wanted to give you a message. Um you'll never walk alone tonight it was emotional. Um the entry to the ground was easy and the exit by block again really easy, which sort of follows on from what Curly was saying. You said I felt really proud to be part of a huge moment tonight. Um as for the game, you'll cover it, but the Liverpool team will go down in history as one of the best ever. Mentality monsters, yes. World class, also yes.
1: No, I think it's hard for you to, to actually talk about fans back in games because, unfortunately, you guys weren't successful in getting a ballot. So we hope that's give you some you know, some insight into what it was like around field. But let's focus on the game. Um, Terry, you said that little clip there that you've just got to respect what this team do to turn that Wolves over 4-0 with those injuries. Seriously impressive.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think that's been a... You know, a, a a staple of what we've seen, you know, since we started to to see some of our squads drop like flies and just constant injuries, and we, and I think we were flapping it as fans a little bit, thinking, like, what are we going to do here? You know, like, every week it, it was like another injury, another injury, another injury, you just couldn't see where it would stop. But one thing you can't say against this Liverpool team is that they don't rise to the challenge, you know, I think that the listener who, who who's, who's messaged us in there, mentality monsters, we, you know, we repeat that and we talk about it, and sometimes it sounds a bit trite, but they definitely are. You know, they just the it seems like as as a as a squad and as a team, we just look at knockbacks and just go, Sands, we'll just take them and the after and deal with them. Wolves, you know, they're a good side. And I don't know they, they might not be playing at the sort of level this season that they have in previous ones, but they're still a very, very capable side. And, you know, in like the likes of Adama, Adama Triore, they've got some very dangerous players. You know, even if they've got one or two injuries themselves.
0: Yeah, they've still yeah. got Neves, Neto, exactly, Moutinho. Moutinho, you know, they,
3: they, they're a good side. And I don't think anyone there was expecting Liverpool, the Wolves to come to Anfield and us to, you know, despite all the injuries and the problems we've got, to just literally play them off the park. Because to my mind, that's what it was. No, there was a lot of chat that Wolves could do us. Yeah. You know, put your money on Wolves, good, good odds, isn't there? Yeah, on the back of obviously, a, you know, draws in, in in other games and stuff. It's, it, it, it it was it was one of them where, you know, there was a, there was a danger that, It
0: reminds me of, like, you remember when we played Leicester and it was like, oh, this is the team, this is the team that could take points off Liverpool this week and then we just go and blow them away. Every time, like, people say that about us, like, this could be the week Liverpool get beat, we seem to just do it emphatically, don't we? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're just, it's hard for me
3: to even, like, sort of, it's a weird one because it wasn't like a performance where you're like, it was like a Leicester one, you know, on, on Boxing Day last season. Where we absolutely dismantled them, and every single aspect of the performance was like ten out of ten. But it was, there was part of it where I thought that's as impressive as, as that Leicester game, you know. Well, with
0: that squad of players out, yeah,
3: yeah. With, with with the players that we've got out, and with the the way that the performance went, and the way that we just dealt with full, with, with Wolves, you know, it, it was it was it, I can't I, I can't overstate how how important it was, and and the comp you know the way. To do it 4-0 on the first game back for the fans as well, it's just a bo- it's boss, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like, as soon as the fans are back in, you know, we've kept that winning run at home going. I don't know what it is now, 65 games or something like that. Is it unbeaten yeah. or something something silly like that? And it's to keep that run going, to put four pass walls in front of the fans, to wear the fans in full voice and to sort of a little bit get back to, you know, welcome to Anfield again, you know, sort of thing. It, it, it,
0: in the interview, Klopp said, you know, they weren't expecting, they didn't know what to expect. He said, "When we come out, he said it could have even been a negative, it could have gone against us, um, with just having the 2,000 fans, he said. But we come out for the warm up, and he said we all had chills, we all had tingles from it. And he Cold was last like, night, the winner.' <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he went, but we all went back into the dressing room, and like you could see that they were they were emotionally affected, even by the small presence of the noisy crowd that was there. I'm so
2: s- someone else who was affected though, Connor cozy Oh my god! that. Is <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the actual moments in the game, obviously the the Cody won wa- Well, he was he was in, involved in quite a few, like the, the main moments of the game. Where he really, but the the you know the one for the goal. Well, you, you sort of do things, don't you? What's he doing there? Why is yeah,
0: he trying well, to take it on
1: his chest? So
0: right, there's a player next to him, and he's obviously trying to put it to him or whatever, but he's just made a mistake, honey. Do
1: you think he, he dived for the, for the penalty that was given well, then? He did or, it, 100%. Or, no. I, looked, I thought he was already on his way down. When I don't think he purposely done I, I, that. No, he dived. I, I don't think I, it was a dive. I think it was 100
3: I, I personally think he's gone to get the ball. He thinks Mane's going to sort of you know get there or, or or kick him, and it's one of them, isn't it? You you play the game yourself. When you know someone's coming towards you, sometimes it can affect how your momentum. Or or you know that the challenge is mm. coming. You think I want to ride this challenge yeah, a little bit. You jump it.
0: Yeah. So he kind of flung both arms back. He didn't. He didn't
3: appeal. He didn't or appeal, or No. He just goes down with his legs under him. But he, you know, I, I I don't think he's purposely thought I'm going to get a penny and I'm going to dive. I think it's just been a uh, the contact's coming and he's sort of made his body... I, don't, I think that's right. I think you're right. I, I think he was
0: already sorted it on it's his way was riding the and, and uh, just... I think, I honestly think, and
2: this, this sounds, sounds a mad one, I think if he wouldn't have given the goal away the way he would have done, he, the way he did, he, that he wouldn't have went down as easily there. Yeah. Nah. I think he's thought... Of, one uh, of my
0: mates said, like, maybe maybe something like, that because it was Liverpool against... It, like, because he was trying to show, I'm not, I'm not, like... I've got no favouritism towards well, Liverpool. That's what I mean. <laughs> and I think it was even more so thinking <laughs> that way, because
2: he basically gifted you the first goal. He's thinking, I need to do something above and beyond here to get us back no, I Personally,
3: I, I think you're given far too much credit to a footballer in the absolute split seconds of the moment to think all them sort of thoughts if I get an opportunity no, I'm no, going to no, dive in the
2: that, box. at that time. No, no, I think at that moment in time all them thoughts have been going through his head. But I think once that he 'd given that goal away, he's been in his head determined that he needs to do whatever he can to get them back in the I, game.
0: I was bemused when you went to, to the VAR and you seen that there was absolutely no contact. I, I thought... Why isn't it a yellow card? That's why yeah, I don't that, think that the referee
1: didn't think it was a dive. That's the only exactly. reason there was no yeah. yellow card. But you said VAR there. We've hammered VAR for two seasons now. That's what it's there for. Last night it worked. It done what it said it should so it's do. For the first time, it's worked yeah.
3: for us this season. I think we've we've had the most overturns against
1: us, and that's what the yeah, first yeah, one. We've yeah, had but you're probably still up over two seasons. No, though. We're not. A lot of them though have been
2: justified when you look back at them. There's been a couple that have been obviously the one in the derby is is a tough one to take. But the yeah. others. Well, you know, it, It's just overturned, it's overturned and, and in the vast majority of cases, they've been overturned for the right reasons. Yeah, but it's, but it, you've it, got it's to been a clear and obvious test, hasn't it?
3: Whereas that was a clear and obvious error. You know, if, if that had a as a pen with zero contact, then it's like, that, how's that? You know, so that's where we are. And I think Ali McCoy said that on the commentary. He's like, that's what it's for. You know, a clear... Oh, it might have been Clattenburg, actually. I think they cut to Clattenburg to sort of Clattenburg, yeah, he said
2: that's when we are so yeah, at
3: best. Because it's a clear and obvious error if that is given as a penalty. And that stands whereas some of the others, where it's like his hair on his big toes offside, it's like, you
2: know, (laughs) sorry, I don't want to get back like pull it back to the Event game, but I just remembered something that's worth mentioning because it's the same topic. They pulled it back for the Allen foul in inverted commas, didn't they? For for our goal. Now, the the key feature was the referee was right on top of that, yeah. And the referee waved visibly, waved it away. I actually thought it was a foul, but the referee didn't, and he was right on top of it. Like that, that was good. Use of VAR as well because they've looked back at it, but did they went? No, it wasn't a clear and obvious error because the referees clearly looked at it and said no.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I I personally didn't think the Alan one was a was a foul. It
3: was he was he was sort of falling over anyway there. He was off balance he? and he just sort of not strong enough. But
0: just just before we move away uh, from Cody, then I took some stick last night from Jay Pearson who messaged in to say the Reds, which was me, who wrongly wanted Cody at Liverpool. (laughs) Needs to be called out on the next podcast. He's a yard dog. <laughs> that, that, that is calling... my favourite message you <laughs> ever got. Jay Pearson, yes. Here I am calling myself out. So, to be fair, we, we're talking about who could maybe step in for Van Dyke, and, and there's pretty much no one in the world. What I was saying about Cody was that, in terms of like a voice on the pitch and leadership, I was saying... He's, he's clearly one of the one of the most... He's a captain. He's one of the most vocal defenders in the league. And I think a lot of his success as a footballer has been based on his ability to do that. So I've thrown him in the half for that. But I actually don't think he's a yard dog. I don't think he's a, he's a good player. Good enough for Liverpool? No. But a solution to Van Dijk for six months... Yeah, but he's too much money for that, isn't he? Too much money as a solution. Yeah, and, I, and, that, and that was always the
3: thing. Listen, if he was in your squad, he'd be playing, wouldn't he? Before the likes of Nat Phillips and stuff, without a doubt. So it, it's one of them, but would you go out and sign him as a replacement? No, you wouldn't. I think so, I said
0: I'd spend up to 50 mil on him, so maybe I could be called out for I, that. But I,
2: yeah, I stand by. I that. think you definitely need to be called out for that. I, 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 wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't
3: do that. Like, but, um, so, but yeah, I think Yard Dog's a bit, a bit strong for him. I think he is a good player, but, but listen, I mean. You know, it was one of them whether we think it was a dive or not, it was the right decision that it that it got overturned and and, and it wasn't a pen. And it would have been a, a second of that as well, because it was right on the on the death of the first half, you know, when mm. when we're winning and we've been on top and sort of been, you know, looking probably to get another one and then if we had to gone in level, it would have really possibly knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit. But um but after that went the second half, just it's just class, you know, like when you when you're seeing some of the players coming back on the pitch, Trent getting back on the pitch and you can just see the balls that we've missed, can't you? Like yeah, just oh some God, superlative yeah. crossing and passes yeah. were just like. Oh.
0: It's a shame we won't get an assist for that. I Think Mane get yeah, the assist. Yeah. The assist, that, goalie, one was it really? Yeah, it was impossible it. to defend, wasn't it? You either let Mane get it or you're going to put it into your own net, type of thing. So, superb ball. But I think you said you messaged the three 0 Terry and said there's more in this. Yeah. And I felt like that, like it really did. That, I, we that was on 70 be. minutes, were not it? There was yeah. 20
3: minutes left, and I think everyone was like, you know, we've been here And I said, there's more goals in this for those because. I, I, I just thought we could get four or five here yeah, without reply, you know, and, I, and I, I'd sort of felt that confident then, you know, in the performance and the way that what we were seeing on the pitch, I was thinking this is an opportunity because like it or not, our goal difference is a bit poor, isn't it? And, you know, that's why we're, we're second to spares. Yeah. It's down to goal Cost difference. But, it, you know, it, it was nice to bang four on the board without reply there. and. Yeah. And good to see that the team still went looking for them. You know, yeah. we're going looking for more. It wasn't wasn't just like right. We're, we're done now. We can sort of like coast yeah. and take the foot off the gas.
1: Can I mention a name to you? Because I went on our social media last night and I had, had a look, and one guy was getting praise in particular, Genie Wenaldum. How, yeah. how good was he?
3: Absolutely brilliant. And I, I think he's one of them players, isn't he? We've always said that he just maybe doesn't quite get the, the the praise that he deserves and. I think I think we need to be very careful. If we we don't know what the situation is with the contract and stuff, and you know we want him to stay because he's so versatile and he's so good at what he does, but he doesn't get the praise. And I think we've got to be very careful if we let a thirty-year-old Ginny Wijnaldum go. We got a message off a listener the other day saying we need to go and sign another James Milner. But there's Ginny yeah, is basically. Uh, forgive me for saying it. Probably a better James Milner. You know what I mean in terms of he can he he's probably more technical than Milner. Um, I think is, is you know the, the way that he plays the game is more suited to a Klopp sort of team, um, maybe more so in in terms of he's got that work rate and that engine, but he's also got that really top technique. You know, but also streetwise, also a yeah. leader,
0: also a game manager, yeah, absolutely. like Milner. So he's, he's got all
1: the same type, of, type well, of attributes. Klopp was asked directly last night. He was asked by the interviewer, yeah. "Look, one of them can sign a pre-contract in January with a European team," and Klopp said, "We haven't given up hope." On keeping them so that might might indicate that something's in place.
0: I read that a new contract was put in front of him, um a new bumper pay deal. Can't remember the numbers. I think it might be hundred and fifteen a week, I'm not sure, but it brought him in, brought him in line with with you know. With the what's what's the reason for the signed? It was but, four years and money.
1: It's money, okay. Um. I,
0: I, and and the term of the
3: contract. I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? I think, you know, there'll be when, when players get to thirty years of age, that next contract you sign is the last one, isn't it? Really? So the club gotta be cautious it's, as well, haven't they? It's it? the last one where they sign for big money you know, they, yeah. normally that contract that you get when you're 29 it's t- between 28 and 32 is going to be where your, your major money is made you mm. know what I mean because you should be at the peak of your powers and then after that you're on the wrong side of 30, you know, 33, 34 so you're going to be getting paper per play deals yeah. and things like that so I think there's an element to maybe money and he's probably looking at it as you know, I'm, I'm a key part of this Liverpool team and I'm not on parity with some of the top earners um, which is pretty frustrating for him but at the same time, there's also a danger, isn't there? You know, like, when with with a football team like us, who've won absolutely everything, he's won everything in a Liverpool shirt. Mm-hmm. Now, like it or not, he's not a Liverpool fan. It's not like he's grew up on, like Gerard where he's like, I'm going to commit my life to this club. So he might be thinking, it well, I can go maybe somewhere else. And... It might not be for him now about like sort of collecting trophies and, and mm-hmm. medals and things. It might security. be now security, money wise, and also experience. I might be able to Life go and experience. play at Barcelona or something and get that on my CV as but well. And know so what? Yeah,
1: exactly. Aaron, Aaron, you say that. I also see it from the other side. The club have got to protect themselves. They yeah. can't give a 30, a 29 30 for you know, four years at 140k unless he's maybe the captain. He, if, if it was a Stephen Gerrard or a Jamie yeah, Carragher, but you're, but...
0: you're talking like. Is he gonna? Fa- he looks after himself, Man United. He's not gonna fall off a cliff at 32. Could he fall off a cliff at 33? Well, even if he did, there's only you're only paying him that type of money for another year. Mm. So for me, it's it's well worth the risk. Um, if it, if it is purely about money, um, th- then
3: put it up. Just put it up. Well, it, it there is the, you know it becomes a point where there's a tip and balances and they're on the money a- aspect because if he walks out for free, you've probably lost a 30, 40 million quid asset. Mm. You've just walked out the door on a free. And, all right, you've saved on his wages, but then you're going to have to replace him. You're going to have to go and pay someone 120 grand a week anyway. So there's a little bit of a, you know, at some point it can't be just about the money for the club. They've got to think about the balance of the team and do what they can to keep him. Otherwise, you're putting your hands in your pocket to go and buy someone as versatile and as good as he is. You know, you're definitely paying big money. So... It, 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 You know, there, there is an element to the financial side of me, but I just hope that Liverpool pull all the stops out, you know, yeah. to keep him. I wasn't of that opinion when like M. Ray Chan was walking out, saying you know he, he wanted mm. big, big money and was running his contract down and that. I was almost at the point. Well, I just hope we do sell him so that we get some dough in for him. Yeah, because he wasn't good enough for Liverpool, you know. But he thought he was boss, but he wasn't good enough for Liverpool. But Jiny Wynaldum, I don't want to see him walk out. Sign a pre-contract in January, walk out the door in the summer on a free. We've lost him from the squad. We've lost his leadership, his character, the person he is. For the sake of what, maybe another thirty, forty grand a week or something.
0: Just to move on to some other individuals, um, the keeper again. We'll touch on him because yeah. another big game for him. Great and game again. He played great, didn't he? He great did save from Podens one that he nearly got chipped. Well, he attempted the chip and he's back. You know, good footwork and pushed it over. Yeah,
3: there was there was a there was a good save. You know, on the, on his near post as well. Yeah, um, where you know he stayed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. He stayed big yeah. with like what you see with Allison doing and yeah, stuff yeah. and you know and again as a Liverpool keeper you don't you might not get loads of opportunity to make loads of saves you know yeah. and, but when you're called on to make one you've got to make it and he, and he did in that game and again with his footwork you know yeah. there was some great distribution from him
0: well we said it all earlier but quick one then is he, is he now number two I think he is yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. I think Klopp's firmly established him as number two now and basically the fact he's selecting them in every game you know I, I, I think
0: confidence I think, is a big thing in goalkeeping position um, you know Crowd have got confidence in him more so than and so for the defence as well. Um, Andy Robertson,
3: phenomenal. Gets you. You run out of words to say about him, don't you? That's a thing. He's he played
0: every minute of every Premier League game this season. He had to come off to have his ankle wrapped in midweek against Ajax. Come back on, finish the game. plays today, probably injured. Yeah, but he, last, yes, last uh, night, sorry. With Robertson,
3: he's an eight out of ten every game, and then you get a few nine, ten out of yeah. ten games out of him. And yeah. that's a serious level to keep up and keep yeah. doing it consistently, game after game after game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially in this when we rely on fullback so much and with Trent not being available, you know, a lot of that sort of attacking and the creative side does come down Robertson's side then.
0: So likeable he, anyway. He's yeah, like, he's, he's, you know, he's one of us. He's he's not a big time Charlie and he's just he's the he put put his body on the line for the club
3: yeah absolutely boss and it was a brilliant performance you know again and and, and he he sort of keeps surprising me how good he is how we dug him out of Hull do you know what I mean and sort of just out of nowhere but are you surprised by Curtis Jones? No, I think no. I said it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. You know, he, he's, he when he's been given opportunities, Jones, he's starting to show he's not just there to make the numbers up and sort of be a bit part. You know, I'll come in when someone's out injured. He's trying to stamp his authority on the team and basically say, "I'm here." You know, I, I want to play. I want to wear this shirt every game. And he's doing, he's doing what he needs to do. He's creating, you know what I mean. His passing really good. He's aggressive going forward, and he, he's hitting shots. He's confident taking shots on outside the box and stuff. You know, some great strikes, and he's getting goals as well. He, for, for for someone, what is he?
0: 19? 18 and yeah. nineteen? For, you know, is he going ahead to, to Keita for you now too?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so,
0: he is. when Thiago comes back, he's first on basically. You're ahead of Keita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
3: you know, and I, I, I don't think it's. I don't think that's you know a, a, a mad statement either. As much as is a £60 million quid signing for us, he's done nothing to, to, to warrant saying that. He's above Curtis Jones, I think, in the pecking order. I see more out of Jones and more in his attitude that I think he gets it. He knows what's what's required in this club team. He's willing to put the graft in and, and, and yeah. stuff.
0: I think he's got to slightly touch up on his, his tactical stuff, but in a team with Henderson and Wijnaldum around you, yeah, you're going to be fine. And at the risk of repeating myself he reminds me his confidence not maybe not necessarily his output yet but his confidence certainly reminds me of um, the likes of Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of the belief that they've got in themselves that's not a comparison to Cristiano Ronaldo of course but ju- just the way he mentality, holds himself yeah, the yeah. mentality yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, it's, it's, that, it's that borderline isn't it of between like
3: arrogance and arrogance and confidence and he's, 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 he's right on it he's in the right place he's he's in in it, the right the right he place. may spill yeah. over to
0: arrogance in a different club but I think he'll in, get kept in, in
3: check, yeah. and he understands what it's about at Liverpool. He's been there a long time at the club as a kid, so yeah. you know I don't think he, he, he's one of them where it'll go to his head and be, you know, a big time Charlie. But I think he's doing everything he needs to do, you know, yeah. to 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 make sure that Klopp knows I want to be part of your midfield for a long time.
0: Henderson's passing, I, I thought, as soon as he coming through his feet, one. Touch passing, two touch passing, forwards, some quite long balls, but always asking questions of the Wolves defence. I think, I think the, it was major.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there was a lot of contenders for Man of the Match out there, you know, in that game. Um, everywhere you looked, everyone, there was big performances. But for me, I thought Henderson was up there with any of them. Yeah. You know, I thought, like, uh, the way he's, he... You know, I, I have been critical of him in the past and stuff, and we've, we've done it a lot about Henderson on the podcast, but... Uh, the last 18 months, two years, you've just gone to a different level and you see what you miss when he, when he, when, you know, when he plays and you're like, well, where's that been? That, why, why are we lacking that when he's not playing? You know, like sort of, there's just another little, little sort of secret ingredient that he brings, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and knits everything together yeah. so well and I thought he was brilliant last night.
0: Generalship, but also his ability. Yeah. Um, you know, he may text me there saying Henderson's being class, and then in brackets again, standard like just obviously type of thing.
3: But just I mean, couple couple more because Salah's been brilliant all season. Yeah. So you know, I thought he had a really busy game, but the one that was that was really pleasing to see for me. I, Mane struggled for me the last couple of games. I just don't think he's been quite at the level. I think he's gone. I don't know whether it was seven games, out a goal. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, he's just not being quite himself, um, and stuff not really working out for him or coming off. Um, but last night, I thought he was brilliant. Some good touches, weren't they? Just I? an <laughs> absolute machine last night. Yeah. You know, just a constant menace. Semedo's head was proper chocker. Just yeah. thinking, oh, my, what's happening here? Yeah. Just constantly buzzing him and, and yeah. running at him and causing him all kinds of problems. And, I, and I, I was just like, oh, he's back. You know, like, sort of, this is what, what we have yeah. missed out of money So it bodes so well that, you know, you've got money getting back onto good form. Salah's still in good form. Yeah. Jota is electrically hot isn't he at mm. the moment and then even Firmino Firmino it's it's probably, he had is it, probably the quietest out in... of all the players on the
0: pitch but he still has a good game I yeah. thought yeah. You know, and, and, and Matip is solidified himself as the uh, sorry not Matip, Fabinho, Fabinho and Matip but as was, the partnership massive, isn't it? it's massive. the partnership yeah it all,
3: is it? I think it has to be you know what I mean I think it has to be Fabinho and Matip has got to be the, the centre half pair and whenever fit um, obviously in the Champions League that will change against and because you know, players will get rested and stuff like that but I do believe in building a partnership, and we've got to sort of rely on now and trust and say, well, that's the partnership. We go with it every game. If we get any more injuries, then so be it. But do that rather than keep rotating centre halves because I think it just, especially when you've got a young goalkeeper behind them, you know, not part
0: of the pitch. Yeah. don't mess about. It. No,
3: familiarity is worth its weight in gold, isn't it? So. No, boss performance and and nice to see us back and where we belong, top of the table.
1: Lots of positives from the Reds there, talking about every individual player on the the, the (laughs) pitch. Every individual player on the pitch, got to mention there. But we've got a brand new segment coming up after this commercial, and this commercial is aimed at you guys who are currently in the office looking at the girl across the table wanting a crack at the title. But you cannot be a champion with balls like a loser. We are here to help you out. Boys, we have all been there Whether tonight's the night Or we're unexpectedly sprung into action There is nothing worse than checking downstairs And seeing a full-on George W But lads, do not fear Us boys at the podcast have got you covered Head straight on over to uk.manscaped.com Manscaped Manscaped are the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming Lads, we all have to landscape down south every now and then and in order to avoid any absolute catastrophes, we've teamed up with the very best. Precision, skin safe and innovative in design, power and hygiene. Waterproof technology, up to 90 minutes of battery life and of course the very, very fancy LED light allowing a closer, precise grooming experience. Manscaped provides the very best tools in allowing us boys to keep things well and truly in order south of the border including the brand new, just released, Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped have just launched in the UK and we at Cross the Park are excited to be able to help you boys out in experiencing some truly life-changing products. uk.manscaped.com and input our exclusive code at checkout, PARK20, K two zero. That will give you guys 20% off as well as free shipping. And gales, trust me, we feel your pain as well. There could be nothing worse than dishing out that token and expecting to see Phil and Grant, but seeing a couple of Robbie Savages instead. Do yourself a favour and your man a favour. UK.manscaped.com Park 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Guys and gales, we here at Across the Park Podcast have got... And the brand new segment we're talking about. Um, Judgy, you're gonna go in depth analysis on your experience with Manscaped, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> no, we've got a brand new segment, guys. Just to mix it up. We're not gonna do it all the time. We're gonna try and look back at some moments that happened in, you know, around this time years ago. Uh, Judgy, we're gonna start with, with Everton. Um End of November nineteen ninety-eight. Now now we've spoke about this with some guests in the past on, on thoughts, what happened at the inside of the club. It is of course us Evertonians, where were you when Duncan Ferguson was sold in 1998? I know we were together in school, but as a young Evertonian, can you remember how you, how you felt back then? And do you want to just give our listeners some insight onto what actually happened?
2: As a, where do you want me to start? Uh, do you mean for, from my own perspective? Yeah. Um, I, I was very confused at that time. I think, I think, you know, as you say, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to have guests on who have gave us a, the inside scoops, if you like, and the perspective of what was actually happening internally at the club. But I think, as fans, it was a, it was a very difficult time because not only were we in this case we losing our our hero, if you will, mm-hmm. um, the, the the lifeblood and the,
1: the soul of the club. It was it was like a signal of the direction the club was going in. Um, well, it's the circumstances were just for our listeners' benefit. We we know in hindsight now he was sold behind the manager's back, yeah. wasn't he? That's how bad financially we we were and and the. He was the one with the value. You look at that team in the 1998, it wasn't full of value. He was the only one that we could have got the money for, but it didn't half hurt us to lose him, didn't it?
2: Yeah, and and I, th- I think I think the key thing which which I suppose helped the club is that that, that all of those details didn't come out at the time. I think mm-hmm. if they did, it would have made our situation as a club a damn sight worse. And I mean, always as fans, you, you want to be... You want to know what's going on at your clubs, don't you? And you don't want to be in the dark. But mm. in that particular circumstance, it was for the best. And, and you know, we're fortunate. And we owe for a gratitude for Duncan, for, to Duncan for not, you know, revealing all of that. Mm. And, and uh, you know, he did say, he was quite open in saying, I, I didn't want to leave the club. But, you know, I, th- I think... We, at the time, were of the opinion, all right, well, the money must have been too much and, and we needed the money. But it, it was more than that, um, well, you know, the way it was done. But we owe a debt of gratitude, a death of gratitude sorry, to Duncan for, 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 you know, keeping that boxed yeah. up to a, certain, to a certain extent. But going back to, to my feelings at the time, I, I think I, I feared the worst mm. at that point. Not only, like I say, did we lose one of our biggest assets, but we we lost a player that we knew could get us three points on a given day. And,
1: and at that moment in time, we you know we were desperate for, for people like him to be around. We struggled, didn't we, until Kevin Campbell, which we covered on the extra yeah. podcast with Campbell, we, we struggled so much. I remember just being so deflated by it because not only was he... It's hard to say, as a 13-year-old Evertonian, he, he was everything because it was the days where there was no internet and stuff, so you couldn't... Mm. Things weren't readily accessible back then, so the match day was everything, wasn't it? And you had your heroes, and and to me... I mean, we we went to a night with Duncan Ferguson a couple of summers ago. I think we hugged him. We've still got that affection for him. He meant so much, and for me to see him go back then, it was just... I don't. I don't think I left the house for a few nights. I think it, it, it was that bad, and it wasn't until Kevin Campbell came in that I, <laughs> I felt any better.
2: Yeah, like I said before, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of players that you looked around. I mean, we all, we, we say it now, don't we? I don't actually love any of our players. You know, like yeah. like you do, when you. I think that might be a sign of the times in terms of the the way you are when you grow up. But I think it's the case that no one, certainly at that time, and I'm, even to a certain extent now, no one really, you know, represented the club the way that Duncan's is on the pitch. Mm. And you just knew that it mattered to him as much as it mattered to us as fans. And yeah. having players like that around always gives you a sense of, you know, a sense of loyalty towards the club, and 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 it, it does it does give you that extra bit of emotion towards the whole situation, everything that's going on. And and yet losing Duncan was a, particularly because, like I say, the club wasn't in a great place anyway, on the pitch and off the pitch, and and mm. that was almost, you know, very easily could have been the final nail in the coffin that season. And and you know, who knows what. What impact it could have had? Think about if we'd went down that, that season, which is which was very possible. very close to happening. We look back at that moment, I think, as much as anything else, as being one of the key defining points of yeah. of, of this possible potentially what could have been this club's demise. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen the Leeds and Cities and everything drop down a few divisions. Well, Coventry never came Coventry, yet yeah, never come back. Blackburn to, to a certain, haven't really come back. There's a lot of clubs that that never recovers from from a relegation and. and even though that, that season didn't go down to the wire as much as the, the seasons in, in the past had done,
1: um, it, it, it could have been much worse. Yeah, no, thanks for your, your opinion there, Judge. We're going to make this a regular feature, look, look back at, at things like that and how we felt at the time. Terry, the Liverpool one I, I found was end of November 2001. Uh, Robbie Fowler, who you've said on our website, across the park podcast.co.uk is your favourite ever player, was sold to Leeds United. Um, can you give us the background of that, your memories and how you felt at the time?
3: Yeah, well, I, I think actually... Farla was Phil's favorite ever player on okay. the website. I'm Not saying that he isn't one of mine, like, but uh, I think I actually said Gerrard's was okay. w- was mine. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one with Fowler because obviously, as you know, our generation as we're growing up right through the nineties, he was just an absolute machine, a goal mm. machine. You know what I mean? That the, the, the lad could do everything. You know, in, in terms of he could score with both feet, he could score with his head. He was a he was a rascal in and around the box, but also, you know, he, he he was strong. He was like he was aggressive. He was a proper scouter. You know what I mean? And, and Robbie Fowler for Liverpool was just a match made in heaven. In heaven, anyone our age, anyone our age who's a red, they always say Fowler. He, he was yeah, exactly, man. exactly. Because you know it was that period of, of you know, from, if you think our age, as you say, our age, like mid eighties or where about six or seven, as Fowler started to come through mm. into that Liverpool team. You know, when he forms that partnership with, with Rush up front, the RAF, um, and then you've got McManaman on the wing. And, and it, it, it was just like a proper attack on Liverpool side, you know. So you're watching them and they're scoring goals, mm-hmm. and he's scoring the quickest hat tricks ever in the Premier League against the Arsenal. And you know, he scored that boss goal where he sent Gary Neville on his arse in, in, in <laughs> Cantona's comeback game, I think it was, weren't it? Um, oh, in the green and white Schmeichel, yeah. T- so, you know, just all them moments and memories that you've got a foul. Um, so he was the man. Um, so, but, let's,
1: but, so let's take it to November 2001. So you're about what, you're about 15 there, are you? Yeah, 16, yeah. Okay, so. How did you feel then? Because I looked at I looked stories up before and it looks like there was a, a bust-up
3: with yeah. Phil
1: Thompson. And it looks like this was... It wasn't a shock. It was always on the cards for the, from from summer 2001 up until November 2001. Can you remember if that was the case?
3: Yeah, I can, to be honest. So, obviously, you know, Fowler, he, he, being a big part of that Trevor winning side, mm. you know what I mean? He, he scored... It was Fowler who scored the goal against Birmingham in, in the League Cup. Um, and then, you know, he... he he was a big, still a big part of the team, but obviously he was he, he, not getting on. But you know, he'd had injuries and stuff like that, and you know, there was there was some bad injuries in his career and things. But he was still very much a part of the team. But then we heard about the bust up. Obviously, Gerard Ullier, um had Phil Thompson as assistant coach, didn't yeah. he? And it came, it came out that it was something like a, you know, something where Fowler did the ball at him in training or something like mm-hmm. that. And then Thompson said, "You do that again, or, you know, or whatever." So Fowler just banged him again <laughs> with the ball, and it and then it sort of created this this sort of like you know, standoff where Thompson basically had fell out big time with Fowler and Hurley is then in a tricky situation that yeah. one of the, you know, the key personalities at the club and, and one 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 of the main players, or that fan favourite, is now at odds with his assistant manager. And I think with Fowler, he had, he had the issue at the same time that, you know, Hurley is probably looking at a young Michael Owen who's absolutely on fire around these sort of times, you know, from that sort of 98 onwards, then that couple of years. Michael Owen was the golden boy yeah. and he'd formed a very really good partnership with, with Emil Heskey and that was you know wholes preferred too and he's probably looking at and now was Fowler becoming a bit more too hot to handle more more hassle in his way to, you know around around the dressing room and at the same time we'd lost Manaman, you know for basically nothing yeah. previously and I think Liverpool probably thought well He's being linked to Fowler because of this bust up and stuff. We're not going to talk these rumours down because if, he is, if, if we're going to get rid of him, we want a fee mm. because we're not getting in the situation where we let like a, a fan favourite like a McMahon, and walk out the door for, for nothing. So I think a couple of them things all conspired against him. Really, where it, you know the, the, the standoff with Thompson didn't help him, and then he wasn't first choice, you know, because Owen came to the fore, and then Liverpool have obviously just thought now nah the time to cash in on, on on and get some money in for for Fowler. And, for me personally, it was devastating. Yeah. You know, as much as I loved Michael Owen when he when he came through at Liverpool, because I thought he was just incredible as a young player, um, there was always that feeling with Farla that you know if he's in the box, he'll get a chance and he'll score you a goal. And it, it was it was almost like you've got to keep him around that Liverpool team. He is he's Liverpool through and through. Mm. Didn't want to see him in the colours of another team. Leeds come knocking and. There it was he big goes. Big money
1: wasn't it. Eleven million pound back then. I think it was
3: eleven or twelve million. million, it, yeah. according to
1: the, yeah. the articles there. It
3: was big money and Leeds, were obviously, uh, you know, they
1: were spending, spending <laughs>
3: big money at the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was. It, he's obviously thought, well, I'm going to go to a, a, you know a team here that have got designs on doing things, and and they got to a Champions League semi final once, didn't they, Leeds? So you know, they, they were a big side at mm. the time. You no, know, and they were competing with Liverpool. You know, in, in, at the top of the Prem and stuff. So. You know, I can see why he made the move, but for me, it was it was devastating to see one of your fan favourites, you know, walk out the door and and to do it in a, in a bit of a a bit of ignominy, really. You know, where he's gone because of a fallout with the assistant coach and stuff like that. It's just yeah. being a bit like that's not. It was no way to see Fowler leave Liverpool. It didn't feel right at the time. Do you know what I mean? So it 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 was a it was a, a bit of a gut wrench and I think Phil was in tears. He was he, <laughs> Fowler, he, he was like Fowler's biggest fan by a mile. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's so in he, tears now. That's why yeah. he's so
1: quiet. Oh, it's funny, Nick, because Ferguson and Fowler, they both came back for second spells, didn't they? Yeah. didn't they? They weren't the same, but we still got good memories. So, Absolutely. look, if, if you guys have got any topics you want us to cover that are around, you around know, this week in history, we'll try and keep it going. At across the park PC on Twitter, across the park on Facebook or Instagram. We can take inboxes on there as well, at across the park PC. Terry, I think this is going to be the quickest match preview you've ever done. You play Michelin's Michelin at six o'clock, I think, on Wednesday. Is it send the kids and that's it?
3: Yeah, I mean. There's actually rules, isn't there, in the Champions League, where I think teams have been, you know, pulled by UEFA and stuff if they sort of cheapen the competition or, or sort of take the mick a bit too much. Um so I, you know, I don't think it'll it'll necessarily be a you know a team of proper, you know, kids or whatever, but there'll certainly be a lot of the young lads getting a go out there. I think Billy Cumetio will probably get a game. Um, he's came back, you know, from injury. Um, he's been playing for for like one of the youth sides or, or the sort of whatever the reserves are called now, the under twenty threes or something. Um so I think he'll probably come and get a chance, you know, to see show what he can do because he got given chances in season and looked good at centre half. So just gives us another option if, if he's got a couple of run outs. Um so I think he'll come back into the side. I think he'll probably see Nico Williams definitely playing. Um, Adrian. Adrian, I think, will play now because has the number mm-hmm. two. So I don't think Klopp will want to risk him, you know, when he doesn't need to. Um so I think we probably will see Adrian play. I think we'll see Simicast play left back. Um, you know, obviously the signing in the summer. Um Possibly see Rhys-Williams partnering, Cumetio in in, in in the centre-half pairing. Um, and then there'll be a smattering then of, of, of other kids and, and other first-teamers. I think, you know, Trent, I think, will play at least a half. I think Klopp will want him, want him to play. Um, he's just came back from injury. You know, he's, he featured a little bit there against Wolves, but he needs more games, more more minutes. I think he'll play. Kate is apparently... Fit and available again, I think there's every chance that he's gonna he's gonna come into that team and play. Um, so the, it will be a, an unfamiliar lineup, but you know we've earned the right to make them changes, and and mm. we, we should use it as an opportunity to get players who, as I say, who, who have been injured, the need games and minutes back into that team and, and and give them a run out and get them up to speed as well as giving you know some of the kids their opportunity to, to go and basically you know clubs shown if if you go and get given an opportunity at Liverpool as a youngster and you see it with both hands then, you, you know, you'll get other other goals in this team. So, you know, a few of them need to step up to the plate now and seize the chance.
1: Big chance, isn't it, for the young players and, and the backup players to actually give Jürgen Klopp food for thought?
3: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in this season, you're going to get opportunities because injuries are coming thick and fast, not mm. just for Liverpool, for every team. You know, it's such a compressed calendar and it's so, like, there's so many games, players are going to get injured. So, you've got to take every opportunity you can to basically put yourself in the frame and say, well, I'm here. You know, yeah. count me in because if you don't, you won't be around at the pool for long. You know what I mean. This is this is this is the time to do it. So it is a big opportunity it's a big stage. You know, they get, there's no pressure on them. They can literally go and express themselves. You know, and 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 get the job done. And it's a good op- a good opponent to do it against. With all due respect, Mitchell and look, you know, very lightweight in terms mm. of like quality wise in in a Champions League. So you know, it's a good opportunity for these young players to go out there and, and, and show what they can do. And, and and as you say, even even the established well. First team squad players that aren't mm. really getting games like Kita, you no, know, he should be running the show. Yeah. He should be absolutely running that midfield if he comes into that against someone like Mitchell so he's got to he's got to start showing because if he isn't, if he doesn't, there'll be talk about him getting linked away in January. I tell you, and and also next summer if anyone's even interested in him, because <laughs> that's how poor he's been as a Liverpool sign at
1: the moment. You know, so he needs he needs to, he needs to step up to the plate. Interesting game to watch. I um, won't ask you for a prediction because I think it's, it's unfair. But, Judge, we'll move on to, to our game. We, we play Chelsea on Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, we're recording on Monday. We've both entered the ballot. We haven't had the results yet. Let's just say we both hope that we're having a very substantial meal on Walton Road, weather experience before the game yeah. and going the game together. But let's, let's talk about the game. Um, Chelsea are currently third in the league, two points off top, no mugs, re- really tough game for Everton. And, and we don't know whether Seamus Coleman is back. If Seamus Coleman is back, does that mean Alex Iwobi goes left wing back? what, what, what you know, there's a lot lots of questions here. What are the answers? Who knows? Yeah, we, we we obviously spoke a little bit about it um when we were
2: reviewing the Burnley game. It, it's it's a massive dilemma for the manager now because there's no doubt, in my opinion, that, that we were more balanced in that 4-3-3 shape. Um, but I, I completely understand and can only accept the reasons why Ancelotti is, is sticking with the back three because of from a personnel point of view. You know, he feels like we've got eleven better players on the pitch that are, that are in more comfortable positions. But it, it's it's so hard to to preview this one, having not known. One, as I say, whether Coleman's going to be fifth. But two, more more significantly, whether the manager's going to go revert back to the he three or whether he's going to stick with the the three three or five at the back, whichever way you look at it. Um all I can, I suppose, all I can do as a fan is. is is State my preference, and and that for me would be to play four three three and and play a, a system that currently our players are more comfortable with. Um, Does that
1: mean a be comes out if Coleman's fit? Godfrey um, left back and Coleman right back. Oh,
2: it's, it's a really tough one. It it was have to be. Yeah, I can only I can only say there's no way whatsoever that a that even a ninety percent ninety percent fit Seamus Coleman doesn't play. Mm, I agree. Um, the only thing you could potentially throw in the mix is is Woody you know, do the same again and drop hamas Rodriguez back and play a Wobe up or up with as as one of the three? I don't think so. I would like no, I'd like to think not because 43 is pretty much exactly what Chelsea will play. Um, and their three will probably be Kovacic, uh, Jorginho and Kante and that is a very combative <laughs> midfield and, and a midfield that will dominate possession uh, and off the ball if we play Hamas Rodriguez in there. If we've got a it determines Andre Gomez is one of one of our listeners called him before in in the midfield. We've got a chance of of mixing it with those three, and and we've got the athleticism to to you know to go toe to toe with them. So I'd like to think if, if if Coleman is fit, that unfortunately for for Alex Wobie, who's had a decent few weeks in the side, he'll drop it to the bench. Um, I would I would definitely stick with uh, Ben Godfrey at left back for the reasons that I said before that he he's shown against Burnley. Although Burnley, you know, are not blessed with. Outstanding talent in those wide positions, but they've still got, you know, they're there's still a Premier League side. And, and like you say, Ben, Ben govery was given man of the match at the weekend. You'd have to stick stick with him, I suppose, in that left back position. Although I'd like to think that at least Niels and Kunku should be on the bench at the weekends because we've got yeah. no one else who can play left back yeah. in the squad. Um But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. Um They've, at only, they've
1: only lost I'm sorry. I'm looking at my phone The league table They've only lost one But they've drawn four So that's mm. been their downfall where, where they've drawn a lot of games What I was going to ask you is You've mentioned their um, personnel what, what you'd like to see How would you like to see us Go at Chelsea? Is that the right phrase? Do we then act as the home team Especially if there's, if there's crowds in there? Do we come up the traps? Or do we play counter-attack Let them have the ball? How do you think we're going to approach it? And how would you like to see us Approach it as well?
2: Um it's really tough on that because it's 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 whether you think you know by going at Chelsea. I mean, for me, it's, you're playing at home in front of the fans for the first time. Yeah. You, you want to play on the front foot, don't yeah, exactly. you? You want to get those limited amounts of fans behind you, and you know who's you who, who who's going to know how the the opposition are going to take to that. You know, in front of fans for the first time. For me, you you want to go against any team at home, with maybe the exception. Of them across the park and Man City, you'd like to think that we can go and cause anyone yeah. problems with the front three we've got. Certainly, I'd like, to, I'd like, I'd like us to to play in the front foot. And I haven't said what I said about the manager before. I don't think the manager is that in, that way inclined to not play in the front foot at home when you've got the majority of your attacking players fit. I think our strength firmly still is is our ability to score as opposed to our ability to keep teams out. Yeah. And therefore, as long as there's any other way you can play. Other than on the front foot, um, with that thought in mind, and you've just got to hope that you know that, that we take our chances um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that they
1: don't. I don't think that's a bad game to have, and that, that sounds strange because we've struggled against lesser opposition now. No disrespect, Newcastle, Leeds, Burnley, uh, Southampton—not really no mm-hmm. mugs, but you, you know what I mean. So to have a game where. You can put all that behind you in front of your own fans. That's got to be the message of Finch Farm this week. The world are going to watch us on Saturday night because we're on telly anyway. We're going to have our fans back, and we're going to see some of you for the first time. You've got to come back in with three points. That's got to be the message for me.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think it's a good point that there's there's, to a certain extent the pressure's off because you know whether we whether we like it or not, Chelsea are in a better position than we are both in the league and, and I suppose structurally as well. They've they've got a. Pretty settled eleven, pretty settled squad at the moment. Frank Lampard spent. It looks like he spent his money really well in the summer. Yeah. All of the signings pretty much have hit the ground running. Bar maybe Kai Havertz, but it's only a matter of time for me. He's world class. Everton. <laughs> Inter- well, <laughs> yeah, Everton. Inter- yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just, just. That's what I mean. It's only a matter of time. I mean, Giroud gave gave them an, that that added dimension again. I think you got, got four against be yeah. You got Atleti at least. But you know, they have got plenty of options, haven't they? Chelsea, but but going back to to my point is that it, it's it is to a certain extent a free it if we go and go and beat them. Um, you know, the the squad, the team, Ancelotti's made a statement, if we go and get beat, no one's gonna be particularly surprised. Um but yeah, it's um I, I don't think it's a bad game for us either. I, I think this is a Chelsea side that are capable of taking the foot off the gas certainly for the best part of an hour and they've shown that in quite a lot of games this season and typically it has happened against the teams that are not near the top of the league as well they haven't maybe played as well as they would have hoped Um, and again to reaffirm it I do think we've got more than enough to to cause them problems Um, and I do hope that it goes back to the 4-3-3 and again this is just me Speaking as speaking as a fan, um, and and I think if we can play if we play as a forty three with a with a recogni- three recognised centre mids and hopefully you know our club captain back in the side, I, I'm confident we can get something. Okay, so prediction. Um, you know what? I, just to point out to everyone, I did say that my, my head was telling me a draw against Burnley, and, and obviously went for a narrow narrow victory. Um, I'm gonna go with my head. I'm gonna go with my head this week, uh, even though it's not a
1: predictions league. I wanna say two-two. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, got to go with Everton. Got to mm-hmm. go with Everton. Two-one Everton. I don't think we're not gonna concede. I think that's mission yeah. impossible for us not to concede. But yeah. I think with the, the fans back in and stuff, they'll give an extra five percent. I think that could rattle Chelsea if we're shooting towards the lower gladders Street second half, looking for a winner. I think that could help. With us. no fans, yeah. No, it's lower gladders, upper okay. gladders, and top balcony. Oh, sounds um, so. good. That's weird. Why Top Balcony? I know, why? I don't want to go to... You want to go? Oh, please, God, don't put me in the Top Balcony. All respect to any listeners who sit in the Top Balcony, but we've got bad backs, we don't want to get up those oh, stairs. Not just
2: that. Yeah, I sit in the park end, you couldn't get any more... I mean, to be fair, my first season ticket wasn't the Top Balcony, it, yeah? but it's cold up there. Wooden seats? As well, Yeah, and... The, oh, oh, yeah, God. it's making me feel cold, I mean... Unfortunately for us on, the, on this podcast as well, we've, we've came into dope Pizza while it's not open and the heating isn't on, so it's quite cold for us here. Yeah,
3: proper sitting up in proper mountain coats I can't,
1: can't imagine what the, uh, the top balcony is going to be like. But listen, I'll take that over not being there. That's for sure. Yeah, no. Uh, let us know on, on the on the Twitter and the Instagram, guys. If you agree with myself and judge in relation to Everton v Chelsea. On a side note, if anyone knows how many pints Wetherspoons, Walton Road, serve with a substantial meal. <laughs> also, inbox us privately, Teddy. I've said that the Michelin game might have been the quickest preview you do. Fulham's got to be up there hasn't it as well 5-0 Liverpool go no
3: well listen I, I, in the Premier League especially in this sort of season you can never take any game lightly can you because you know anyone can beat anyone sort of thing really um, but, you can't adopt that go on no, be honest they, they're, they're awful what I will say is with Fulham you know they are poor mm. you know and, and, and I think the reason they're poor is because they've sort of stuck with this mentality of we're just going to attack and play our way you know the way that we did that got us up and stuff and that's all well and good but when you look at the results that they're putting on the board you've got to be more pragmatic than that and they just keep persisting with the same sort of thing it's like let's play it round at the back it's like well I hope they do carry it on this week do you know what I mean because if you play around the way that they play around at the back when I've watched them this season I'm like you are nuts you know what I mean you haven't got capable players good enough to be able to do yeah. it and I think you know the likes of Mane Firmino Giota who might actually get a game might get a start in this one I think Um Give, I, I, with with them sort of players, and if you think you're going to be knocking it round, you're nuts. You're crazy. You know what I mean? Because the way that we press from the front, we will seize on them all day. You know. So with
1: all all, of, all the talk of games are coming thick and fast, and your manager we won't go into it. But he's been very adamant on, on you know the times of kickoffs and the amount of games. Is this a good week for Liverpool? To play in Michelins and Fulham, but no disrespect to either team to be able to rotate and give people a breather.
3: Yeah, I think so.
1: You know what I mean? And and that was why
3: it was so important to get the points, you know, against the, in the Ajax game, because it gives you that opportunity then, you know what I mean? And 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 that's what I was saying before. I would have liked us to do it the game before that, but we didn't. Um which probably would have, you know, eased up some of the burden on like the, the Brighton game and stuff like that, you know, where it was like talking about the early kickoff and stuff. But you know, it was vitally important to get the points against Ajax so that we can take our foot off the gas a little bit, you know, uh, so Mitchell and we can we can sort of, we can relax. And then you've got Fulham then, you know, who, who, as you say, with all due respect, you know, they're a Premier League team, but we should have more than enough to dismantle this Fulham side. From what I've seen of them this season, you know, it, it, it should be a comfortable win for Liverpool. I don't want to sort of, to curse us, but... If we play the way that we play it, 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 the points are on the board and it should be a, it should be another one where we, you know, attempt to get the goal difference, start to chip into that deficit to Spurs. you know, that it feels like they're made for Liverpool because they want to play football mm. and they don't defend well and they like knocking it around at the back and it's like, All right, well you put probably the best attack and press in the league
2: against that you would expect that we're gonna we're mm. gonna have joy all day. If Scott Parker allows his team to play around the back the way they normally do against use, he should just get sacked so that's well, the game. Well exactly.
3: <laughs> it's crazy, man, but that's what they keep doing it, yeah. you know, and, and it's like they they just
2: they can't seem to
3: change. Like they're setting the ways and it's like this is what we know. And it's like, all right, fair enough, that's what you know but you're going
1: ra right back down, you like, know, like no two ways about it. imagine it, Martinez was like that, really, in, in his second or third season. Stoke, he, he didn't have the personnel at the back, other than John Stones mm-hmm. to, to play that distance. Couldn't play it, Jackie couldn't barely really play it. Alka certainly mm. couldn't play it, and he persisted playing. I don't understand these managers. You, you can't just go, do you know what? Until I can play plan A, we're doing plan B,
3: yeah. But then, as you, as you got the, the, the players to do that, either they became so sort of you know. A way that worked for them in the championship that just doesn't really work for them in the Premiership. Have recently
2: dropped Mitrovic? Yeah, because they need more players in there to keep of the to, to keep possession and to, to try and be a bit more fluid. It's just mad. It, it proper mad. So you know, it, it, it it's one of them. It,
3: it's hard to sort of know definitely what team will get put out because it depends what changes get made and you know and, and stuff like that. But I imagine we'll go. Very strong and get the points um,
2: to keep. to maybe try and increase, improve that goal difference again. I,
3: I, I think so, yeah. And then obviously following up off of the Fulham game, we've got Spurs on the Wednesday, so you know it's it, It's We're important to, it to keep 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 the game. You know, get the get the points on the board. Get, hopefully, do it with a bit of style, with some goals. Get this team. You know, the, the keep the confidence up. We just put four past Wolves. If we can go and put three or four past Fulham without reply, get the points. We're sitting pretty at the top of the league. You know, and then we go into that massive game against Spurs. So. What I don't want is to us to take them and take them too lightly, make too many changes. You know, try and take it a bit too relaxed, and yeah. then it bites us on the arse. So, really important one again, as every game is. Um, but uh, you know, if, if more than expect, we'll have enough to get the get the jobs done again. So four. where
2: I? Oh, sorry, judge. I was just gonna say it's 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 slightly off the subject, but, but but it's not because you're obviously talking about now trying to put the pressure on uh, on Tottenham a bit more. Where do you rate Jose Marino's Tottenham at the moment as a threat? Um, I think I'll be honest. Like
3: I, I haven't, I don't watch Spurs and think like they're the team to wit to beat. I think we are still, you know, like like I think. Yeah,
2: no, no, but you, you can't beat yourselves. Can no, you? no, <laughs> but
3: I, I don't look at them and think like we're now part of the chasing pack. You know what I mean? We're still. I think the pay. No, that's what I so just, just said. Wait, wait,
2: how how highly do you rate them as a threat? i like, I think they're a These good are the side. Champions. I
3: think they're a good side if you have got the first team all available. I think that you know some. Strength and depth maybe isn't there. I think the are very 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 reliant on Kane and Son. We were absolutely in stellar form at the yeah. moment, aren't they, In, in terms of assists goals between the two of them, but I think if you if you take them two out the sides, I think or if you can manage to stop them, there's less. I'm less worried about them. Um, I think they're a good side. I still think probably you know Klopp mentioned it in midweek. He thinks Chelsea are the team to beat this season. You mm-hmm. know because they've got strength and depth. They're in good form now. You know, they've,
2: got variety, the way they play as well. Yeah,
3: and they've got a lot, of, a lot of good players and a lot of different options and stuff. And I think if they had you know, a more experienced manager, who could, uh, you'd probably think you know, yeah. they're in a much better place. With Lampard, he's still a bit naive, I think, in some of his tactics and stuff like that. Yeah. So they will make mistakes and slip up and that. But I think Spurs, Tottenham, and also, you know, what I would say, when I'm looking at the league, I think they're the three teams that I think will start... Spurs, Tottenham
2: and at, uh,
3: Spares, <laughs> Chelsea and us are, are, the, are the three that will probably start to open up a gap. City, we, City
2: are just not going
3: to... weirdly really do think they're going to pick points I just off? don't
2: think that they're
3: that, that, that good a side at the moment, City. You know, I watch them and think... Like, they they win a game and I'm three
2: behind you, you know. You're three know, points behind you, I know, I but,
3: I, but I'm still watching, I'm watching them in games and I'm thinking their press isn't there. I don't think mm. teams are feeding them in the same way that they have done in previous seasons. I actually seasons don't think stuff.
2: they're sure about themselves. I think they're, they're not really... They've lost their identity know, a little bit, haven't yeah. You? yeah.
3: And I think, whereas I think at the moment, I think Mourinho's got that, that Spurs team as a really, really attacking unit. And they know... They're almost doing what City's done, you know, last like, last couple of seasons. If they get in front, you're finished. Because mm. they, can, they can catch you. So once you try and press, they can catch you on the break so quick, so good going forward. But, you know... I still I still think they're vulnerable. Think about the players
2: team. City have lost over the last three years now. Company, Yaya Torre, David Silva and, and Sergio Aguero. That's that's a that's a big spine, sure. isn't it, that you've lost it? I mean, you haven't lost Aguero, but Aguero... I mean, he's going on, oh, isn't yeah. he's,
1: he, he's, yeah. and, go and, he? He said he'll
2: eventually go you know, He's struggling to stay fit at the moment, isn't he? he gets back for a week and he's out for the same at The same with De Bruyne, isn't it? He's yeah. always in and out of the team, injured and stuff like that. There was, there like
1: there was that a City still. fan on TalkSport um, the week, and he, he was saying if you look back at our most successful sides in the recent years... Not Guardiola size. They always had, had four strikers. Yeah. Now they've got two. Yeah. Mm. He, he does, he's jumper, not yeah. a fan of having loads of strikers on the books, is he,
2: Guardiola? No, none of the clubs he's ever done that. He, he used to play a lot with like a four-six at Barcelona, where he wouldn't even yeah, have yeah. a striker. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you look at the backup options. You know, who's the, 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 the lad
3: that they lost the um, the left winger? Who, who I thought was boss, Sane. The, Sane. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? they? Yeah? yeah.
3: They let him go, and you think like, you know, that that next thing behind, are they as good as mm. some of the ones that they had in the last season or two? So. As good as City, you know, they could just easily go and put a ten game winning streak together and then we're talking about them as as challenging again. But when I've seen in the season, they don't hold that same fear. And and I, th- I think Spurs and Chelsea are the two that I'll be looking at thinking, you know, they're gonna be probably up or there or thereabouts at the, towards the back end of the season. So vitally important that, you know, we, we go into that that Spurs game having taken all three points against Fulham. Do
1: you want to give us a prediction then for Fulham pool on Sunday?
3: Uh, I'm going to say Liverpool 4-0
1: 4-0 oh, no. at half time more like right. <laughs> well look, guys that, that brings us to a close of the episodes like you've heard we hope you've heard a lot better quality over here in Dough Pizza um, great offer on as well Judge At Dough Pizza kids eat free midweek in December it's fantastic I feel I need to go and lend some kids to come down and get some more of these pizzas £4
2: pound margarises this this week as well £4, pound margarises. Four pound margarises for collection or, or in. I think it's because um, their birthday I think is a, a Dough Pizza so yeah, if you're, if you're in the Littlelands area or
1: Birkenheads area or St Helens, then you can grab us. Yeah, I was going to on say 106 Bridge Road in and um, Get down to Dole Liverpool whilst we're in tier two. Massive, massive thanks to them for having us. Uh, it's OldPeter.co.uk as well. Terry, our last across the Park extras, last three have been Blues. That's all going to change, isn't it? We, we can't really reveal any names because we never like to do that, but we've got some Reds pencils in haven't we there is some Reds
3: pencils in yeah Um so really looking forward to recording one well potentially two this week mm-hmm. Um certainly we've definitely got one in the, in, in the bag to do um on Wednesday so hopefully you know the Reds will start to get some a, a bit more content on the extra side as we've said previously you know it's always a bit more difficult to get excellent poor players for whatever reason but you know we have got two and um, which I, I think you know the Reds will, will enjoy. Um, so yeah, really excited to, to record them.
1: Oh, big names! Even me as a blue, I look at that and go, "There'll they'll be great content, um, guys." No, thanks for listening. Myself, Judgy, myself, Millsy and Judgy. <laughs> I'm wishing <laughs> them you. You're looking <laughs> that good. You're looking that good <laughs> in the flesh. Myself, Millsy and Judgy, Teddy and Phil. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again next week.